Hello. Even if you don't know this piece, I think you can tell that we're dealing with some kind of lament. This is the Elegy by Gabriel Fauré for cello and, in this case, string orchestra. just so wonderful isn't it this second episode of braving the stave is about looking into what makes this music so powerful and so memorable my name's jonathan james and i do a lot of pre-concert talks at st david's hall these podcasts are about keeping you connected to that space and to the music that would normally be filling it in this case music from the cancelled concert by the royal liverpool philharmonic orchestra with cellist sheku kanamason He's been enjoying a meteoric rise, hasn't he, to his early career, and it's his recording that I'm going to be using for this podcast, an arrangement of the elegy from his latest album called Elgar. Actually, I once went to Sheku's former school in Nottingham to do a music workshop there, and I was astounded by the sheer amount of instruments that they had in their storeroom. Just these violins and cellos and instruments of all kinds of sizes just packed right up to the rafters. It was clearly such a nurturing environment, and everybody there was duly proud not just of Sheku's achievements and those of his very musical family, but also about what the school music had achieved. Music had really turned that place around, I had the sense, and in such an emphatic way. Anyway, let's talk about Gabriel Fauré. He had quite a few phases to his creative life, but I think there are a few traits that are common to all of them. One, long, stretched-out melodies that are crystal clear and, and somehow managed to shine. Two, lyrical harmonies that do the unexpected and titillate. And finally, three, beautifully supple and fluid textures. Let's just take one of his other famous works, The Requiem, to demonstrate all of those elements coming together. This is the opening of the Agnus Dei. I hope you might recognise that, it's one of his most famous and adored works. But fame came quite late to him, not least because he wasn't chasing it. And at the time of writing the Elegy, he was still a relatively unknown organist, yet to make his mark, aged just 35. This short yet perfect work was originally intended as a slow movement for a sonata for cello and piano. And it shows how open he was at that stage to really wear his heart on his sleeve. Now, if you're writing a lament, you want to have falling lines, ideally, that, that seem to wail, something that feels as if it could be sung from the heart. And that's exactly what we get with the opening here. Some heavy, grief-laden chords to start with, and then the cello descends right from its tenor range down into the bass. 
this desperate cry gets echoed as a whisper. Foray knew he'd found a superb melodic shape and he wasn't afraid to repeat it. In fact, it will come back again later with huge power. Just listen to this. Mark to be played con grandezza, with grandeur. Grief at its most heartrending and yet still noble. The middle section allows some emotional distance from all of that, and it has a nostalgic quality for me, like remembering the good times together with great fondness. In the original version, this gently twisting tune is played by the piano, but Sheku plays it here in the most tender register of the cello, and it's remarkably effective. These quiet memories give way to a surge of anger, as if we're battling the grief now, denying the death. What's so powerful is that right at the end of this lament, what Foray leaves us with is not this anger, but rather the echo of those fond memories from before, giving us their shape and their rhythm, but this time with a sense of resignation, and the piece ends with a deathly minor chord. There's such emotional range, isn't there, in this short piece? And it's a wonderful way, perhaps, of venting the darker emotions as we endure this lockdown period together. So do join me again as I brave the stave of another wonderful work soon.